Hello, welcome to the podcast of Chesbro Baptist Church. Uh, this is our second sermon in the series Soul Repair, and the title of the message is I'm Angry. Please enjoy. So go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms, Psalms 109, Psalms 109, and uh, we'll just uh, jump into our message this morning. Psalms 109, we're in the middle of a sermon series, and what we're going to do is, this is going to be a 40-day series. Now, I said that last week, and somebody come up to me and said, you're going to preach for 40 Sundays? No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> not 40 Sundays, 40 Sunday, 40 days about, okay, so she's the one who obviously said that now, so, anonymity, but, um, but uh, 40 days is six weeks, so for six weeks we'll be in this. But what we're going to do is, like I said, we're going to do some soul repair. We've just been through a very trying year. It's been very taxing on us and our churches, and things are starting to pick back up, and it's time that we shake the dust off and we get back to work and we get back to living for Christ and we get back in service for the King. And so in order to just move forward, we're going to mend some things, we're going to fix some things, we're going to get back going here. Last week we entitled the message, I'm Hopeless. And this week we're going to entitle it, I'm Angry. So if you have your places in Psalms 109, let me get you to stand one last time. As we read the scripture, we'll pray and sit back down. We're going to begin reading in verse number 8. We're just going to read three verses down to verse 10. Let his days be few. Let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Let his children wander about and beg. Let them seek sustenance far from their ruined homes. King David, those are some mighty strong words. Sounds to me like King David is angry. Let's talk about that this morning. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would be with us today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd fill this place. Lord, I pray that you would reach down to your children, that you would show us something from the Word of God that we can take home, that can change us, Lord. We're carrying some things around with us. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with your children today. Speak to us from the Word of God. In Jesus Christ's precious name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Why do we get angry? There are many reasons why we would get angry. We would get angry because somebody talks about us behind our back. We get angry because somebody made a very passive-aggressive Facebook post that they didn't mention your name, but you know it's about you. So shots fired on social media. And, you know, we get angry because people treat us wrong. We get fighting mad because we lose our keys. Ooh, I've been there before. Looking for them keys. We get mad because our kids don't listen. 
If you had a quarter for every time you said, be stop, stop, be still, be quiet, we'd be multimillionaires, okay? We get mad because someone gets sick. We get angry because we get a bad report from the doctor. We get angry because our job mistreats us. There are many, many reasons why we get angry. So when it comes to this topic of soul repair, I want to keep it in the book of Psalms because like I said last week, the book of Psalms, there is a psalm for every season of your life. There's a psalm for every situation that you find yourself in. You can go to the book of Psalms. And David wrote most of the book. And David was many things. We talked about many of the things David was. And David was a warrior and David was a statesman. But also another thing that David was a musician. And David's instrument of choice was the harp. In fact, David was so good at playing the harp that old King Saul would get this spirit that would torment him and it would make him very angry. And so what he would do is he would call David in because David was renowned throughout Israel for his playing. He would bring David in and David would play the soothing music. And as the soothing music would play, <coughs> Saul would begin to feel better. It would smooth his temperament. However, I'm here to tell you right now, David could get angry too. David could get fighting mad, man. Let's look, look at, let's look at back at Psalm 109. Let's read in verse number 6 down for a bit. Appoint, listen to how David puts this. Appoint a wicked man over him. Let, let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is judged, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer become sin. David's talk, talk, he's talking about another guy here. Let his days be few. Let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Let his children wander about and beg. Let them seek sustenance far from their ruined homes. Let the creditor, creditor seize all that he has. Let strangers plunder the product of his labor. Let there be none to extend loving kindness to him, nor any to be gracious to his fatherless children. Let his prosperity be cut off, and a following generation let their name be blotted out. Man, that's some strong words right there, man. Man, David's angry. David's mad. David's letting this dude have it. Israel, I mean, needless to say, this, this is Israel's greatest king. He's becoming angry. But let me tell you something. David's in some good company. In fact, David wasn't the first person in the Bible to get angry. Man, if you're going to talk about that, let's talk about the first person in the Bible to get angry. There were two brothers, and one brother was a farmer, and one brother was a shepherd. And it came time to give offering unto the Lord. And the shepherd brother took the lamb and killed the lamb and shed the blood, and God accepted that sacrifice. But then the other farmer brother, man, he worked and toiled in the field, and he brought of his fruits, and he brought his vegetables, and God didn't. Accept that offering. You see, because that was something he did. That was his work. 
That was his toil. And you're not saved by your own work. You're saved by his work, by the lamb's work. That's how you're saved. And so God did not accept the offering of the farmer brother. And man, that brother God got mad and his anger was kindled until one day he rose up against his brother Abel and Cain slew his brother. So man, one of the first things we can see is unchecked anger can lead to some very, very dangerous, dangerous things. Well, we fast forward through the Bible just a little bit and we come across another man in the scripture. He's a prophet and he's traveling down the road. But this prophet doesn't, doesn't know that, that he, is, he, is made, he knows he made God mad, but he doesn't know standing in the road right in front of him is the angel of the Lord with the sword of the Lord John ready to chop his head off. And he's going down the road and the donkey that he's on sees the angel of the Lord and veers off the road road and this prophet gets off and he beats that donkey and he beats that donkey and then he gets back on the donkey and goes back on the road and the donkey sees the angel of the Lord with the sword drawn again and he goes off the other side of the road and crushes the prophet's foot against the wall and then the prophet got off that donkey and beat that donkey and beat that donkey and he got back on it and he gets back on the road and there's the angel of the Lord with the sword drawn one last time and the donkey just lays down underneath him on the road. The prophet gets off the donkey and beats the donkey and beats the donkey and the Lord opens the mouth of the donkey and the mouth, the donkey looks at Balaam and says, why are you beating me? Just about that time, Balaam turned around and saw the angel of the Lord with the sword drawn. Anger can blind us, can it? Now we fast forward through the pages of Scripture uh, just a little bit longer and we get to a man who is called of God, a leader of God, a leader of the children of Israel. This is a man who God has handpicked. This is a man that is born and bred to lead the children of Israel from his birth to his education as a writer to his, to his survival skills in the wilderness. This is someone who is hand picked perfect born bred to serve and lead the children of Israel but Moses had a temper didn't he Woo, Moses could get hot there are many times that that I always think it's funny reading about Moses because Moses would be like it's okay God don't kill him don't do anything to him and then as soon as he turns us back Moses rah, 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 drink drink the gold do all this stuff and Moses would let him have it man but let me tell you something one time Moses took one step too far Moses let his anger take him one step too far when they came to the rock. And this was the second time they had came to the rock for the water. And the first time he smote the rock and water came forth. And then the second time he went to the rock, God said, speak to the rock. And Moses in anger, because of the bickering and the belly aching and the murmuring, of the children of Israel in his ear, he was so angry that he hit the rock. This was bad. See, this wasn't God's plan. See, the rock 
was supposed to represent Jesus. Jesus was smote one time. The, the Old Testament says he's the rock. The rock was smote one time forevermore, and the living water comes forth from him. Every other time after that, you don't have to re-smite the rock. You just have to speak to it. Oh, and Moses ruined that. Have you ever told a joke? And then before you get to the punchline, somebody jumps in there and says the punchline before you. Kids are bad at that. You almost have to put a disclaimer out. You have to look at your kids and say, don't say anything. Let me tell the joke. But man, God was so angry at Moses. Moses let his anger take it too far. And then because of that, Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. He was taken out of it. He was taken out right before they crossed over. So we see that anger can make us miss things that God has for us, can it? So what I've done this morning so far is I've, I've painted a very grim picture of anger. And, and I suppose as I go into my message now, I need to tell you about the dangers of anger. And I need to tell you about how to avoid the sin of anger. Only I'm here to tell you today, anger is not a sin. It is not a sin to be angry. If it was, Jesus was a sinner because Jesus got angry. Bible says in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 12, Jesus entered in the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Man, Jesus walked into the temple and he saw the abuse. He saw the greed. He saw the corruption. And he went and he made a whip to chase people out. He went in there with that whip and he overturned the money tables. You see, here's what they were doing. You had to, you had to get special money to, to buy the offering. You had to get special money to buy an approved sacrifice. You had to get special money to, to use at the temple. So what they would do is when you went to go exchange money, man, they jack up the prices, man. Man, talk about inflation. Talk about price gouging. Some crooked, crooked, corrupt, greedy things were going in on in the temple. And Jesus had just had enough of it. Jesus goes in the temples and he didn't overturn the tables because he was happy. You know, he wasn't doing it. He wasn't overturning the table singing, I love you, you love me. He wasn't singing Barney, okay? That's not what Jesus was doing. Jesus was angry. And if you think this is the only time in the Bible where Jesus gets angry, well, you would be wrong. Jesus is constantly angry. Jesus would constantly break those extra rules that the religious pharisaical crowd, the Jewish leaders, he would break those extra rules on purpose. He would go out of his way to break those rules that they added to God's law. Jesus warned that if you hurt children, it will be better for you that a millstone be tied around your neck and you thrown into the depths of the sea 
than if you hurt little ones. Jesus' blood would really boil when it came to those religious leaders, when it came to those religious phonies who acted better than everybody else, but they were just as messed up up as everybody else, if not more so. And he called them vipers, and he called them hypocrites, and he called them whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones. Matthew 5, 21, 22, then Jesus said this, You have heard it that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. Anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone that is angry with brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of hellfire. Wait a minute, Jesus is... Is anger okay or is anger like murder? What are you trying to tell us here? Jesus is condemning anger. He puts it in the same category as murder. That's because anger can lead to that. We saw that with the example of Cain. But why is Jesus saying what he did is not a sin, but what this is is a sin? I want to help us wrap our heads around this concept of anger. Anger is not a sin. It's what you do with the anger. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry. That's a command. Be angry and yet do not sin. So you can be angry and at the same time not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. That's code for husband don't sleep on the couch. Okay. And that's not what it says. Okay, so what we can see here from Ephesians 4.26 is that we have the ability to get angry and it not be sin. We have that ability. God gets angry all the time. Psalm 7.11 says God is a righteous judge and a God who has indignation every day. God has what's called righteous indignation indignation he has righteous anger you can get angry for a righteous cause you can get angry for a righteous cause but the question after that is what do you do with that anger what do you do with it we've got stages to our anger the first stage is annoyed just 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 it's just a little bug in you it's just a little like a rock in your shoe, kind of a pebble, and you don't have time to get it out, so you just kind of deal with it. That's what annoyed is. That's like your kid standing there beside you going, mom, 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 mom. What? It's just, it's just annoying. But then a stage up from that is frustrated. Frustrated is when things start to boil under the surface. And it's, it's gone on from annoyance. It's, it, now it's progressed to full-on frustration. And then you want to turn the cooker up a little more. The next stage after that is hostile. So you, now you've become hostile. So not only do you know you're boiling, now other people begin to know that you're boiling. 
because you can say things and in that tone, you don't even have, it, not, cannot, it can be the right words, but in a different tone. And you know the tone. Like your wife can say, hey, honey, or hey, honey, I don't know. I can't do an impression of it. But uh, you can just tell by the tone in the voice. And then you get hostile towards people. And then there's the final stage that is enraged. Enraged is you're just full force, let it out, just breathing fire. You are going off. And the, the, new, the new trendy word for that today is triggered. You are triggered. But I tell you what, there are people today that skip all those other steps and they go straight to triggered. Okay? They, they go straight to that. So the question is, how do we have anger and it not be sin? Okay? Is it, it, it's not a sin to feel annoyed. It's not a sin to be frustrated. It's not a sin to be hostile. It's not a sin to be enraged. But here's the question. How can we be angry and not sin? Or in other words, how can we deal with our anger in a God-honoring way? What I've got for you this morning, I've got three practices that will help us deal with our anger in a God-honoring way. Number one, redirect. Redirect. Before we get too far into this point, I want us to see what this guy did that made David so angry. I mean, this guy, David, is going off on this guy, telling God all this stuff. And what did, what did this guy do? Let's look back at verse 2. For they have opened the wicked and deceitful mouth against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They have also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. In return for my love, they act as my accusers, but I am in prayer. Thus, they have repaid me evil for good and hatred for my love. Man, it sounds to me like David's got a reason to be angry, doesn't he? I mean, they're gossiping about him, fighting him for no reason, accusing him, backstabbing him, doing evil to him. Someone did that to me, I'd be angry. I'd be angry at that. But you see, a lot of times what we do with our anger is we either direct it at other people. We can direct it to the person who angered us. We direct it to an innocent bystander. You're, you ever get mad at one person, but then you take it out on somebody else? Or another thing that we do is we bottle it up. We just stuff it way, way, way deep down inside. Now, we, we all know how David is feeling. And we've all felt like David before when someone attacks you and someone goes out you for no reason they relentlessly uh, come after you to destroy you but listen to what David says this man is doing go to verse 16 because he did not remember to show loving kindness but persecuted the afflicted and the needy man and the despondent in heart to put them in death 
So this man that David's talking about, he's mistreating the needy. He's mistreating uh, the despondent. He's mistreating the afflicted. So this anger that David's feeling, it's righteous anger. It's righteous anger, okay? David has every right to be angry. David is just unloading here. He's unloading all this stuff. And who is he unloading this stuff to? Not to the person who made him angry. Not to his innocent bystander. He's not talking to himself. He's unloading it to God. He is telling God. He is redirecting his anger in the direction of God. David has no problem telling God how mad he is. God wants us to know that he can take our burden. He wants our burden. He wants us to bring our anger to him. And we have to act fast because anger works very quickly. And if you hold on to that anger too long, things are going to get out of control really quickly. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when that anger emotion pops up, we've got to grab it really quickly and do something with it because if we don't, it's going to get out of control. And what do we do with it? What does David do? David had righteous anger. And maybe you have a righteous anger too. Someone has betrayed you. Someone has, has lied to you. Someone has hurt you. Someone has hurt someone that you love. And if that's the reason why you're angry, I am here to tell you today, it's okay to be angry. I am giving you permission to be angry. It is okay to be angry. But where are you directing that anger? What are you doing with it? Man, you can just get on Facebook. And I, I was really bad about this not that long ago. You get on Facebook and you read somebody's post and you just get angry. And you get angrier and angrier. And they, they don't agree with your politics. And they don't agree with the, your basic things. And, they don't, and you just read it and you just get angry and angry and angry. And you find yourself scrolling through social media and the more you look on Twitter and the more you look you read the newspaper and the more you do all these things you just get angrier and then I came to the realization one day no one is responsible for my anger but me it doesn't matter what you do you can't control my reaction to it who's in control of my reaction me because it's my reaction so anger, it's my responsibility. There's no one to blame for my anger but me. So I, I took a break. And it's healthy to take a break from social media for a while. Just turn it off. We didn't have social media 10 years ago. We was talking about the other day, what would we do without our cell phones? I don't know what I would do without my I love my iPhone. Some people don't like iPhones. I love my iPhone, okay? Uh, I don't know what I would do without it, all right? Although I did have a life before it, all right? But sometimes it's just good just to take a break and just, just step back. But 
Here's the problem. People that feel anger, they don't feel that they can take their anger to God, so they don't. I guess people think that being angry is wrong. And so they don't take their, they don't express their anger towards God. And I'm telling you that God is more equipped to absorb your anger than any other person in the universe. He is built to absorb your anger. So direct your anger towards the Lord. Tell him about it. That's what David is doing in Psalms 109. He's unloading on God so he doesn't unload on somebody else. Let's talk about righteous anger. There are, did you know that there are forms of anger that are healthy for you to have? There's forms of anger that's healthy for you to have. When you hear about a child Getting abused should make you angry. Should make you angry. When you hear about an abusive relationship and you see your friend and she's got the big sunglasses on and you know it's because she's hiding a black eye because she fell down the stairs again, should make you angry should make you angry. Somebody slanders the name of Christ should make you angry. It should make, I don't want those things to not make me angry. And that's what's going on in our churches today is we've got abuse in our churches and we've got leaders in the church that look the other way. That's why churches are in the state they're in today. And abuse goes on in the church because people don't get angry at it anymore. Anger is healthy when it's righteous anger. Man, that's what King David was angry about. He was angry about someone mistreating the poor, someone mistreating the needy, that should make you angry. That's what Jesus got angry about, was somebody abusing the house of God with abuse and greed and corruption. But I want you to notice, both in the case of David and Jesus, they did not retaliate against another person. This wasn't revenge. This wasn't payback. This wasn't eye for an eye. This wasn't cancel culture. That's not what this was was pastor albert tate said when jesus got up he flipped tables not people he flipped tables not people does seeing injustice make you angry good does seeing people do wrong make you angry it should the problem is we get angry at the wrong things we get angry at things we don't have any control over you drop the 10 miller 10 millimeter socket down in the engine and you can't find it Okay, just before you sling that socket wrench across the shop, hold on a second. Just stop. <laughs> Confession time, brother. No. But hey, listen, it's okay to get annoyed when the saints don't win, but don't get enraged over it because it's not worth ruining your day. See, if you're going to get angry, 
get angry at the right thing. So how do you redirect your anger? Number one, you talk to God. Unload. That's what he's there for. He's there to take it. He's there to absorb our anger. And number two, find something righteous to pour your anger out towards. Get angry at abuse. Don't get angry at the socket wrench. Okay? Number two, replenish. Replenish. What makes you angry right now? What, what, what makes you angry these days? Is it possible what's making you angry is you're withholding forgiveness from someone? You've got a grudge that you're holding on to? Let me tell you something about anger. Anger's the check engine light. Anger's a secondary issue. Usually when anger's involved, something else under the hood is what's wrong. So anger's the, the check engine light, but something else under the hood is what's, there's usually an underlining issue. And maybe you're just hangry. You know, hunger and angry. Maybe you're just hangry. Maybe you just need a Snickers. Hey, because listen, you're, you're not you when you're hungry. Maybe you need to break yourself off a little piece of the Kit Kat bar, okay? Carry around a granola bar, all right, or something. You know, maybe you're just, you're just hungry. Basic things make us angry. Hunger, we're tired, we're overwhelmed and overworked. But mostly what probably makes us angry is we don't spend enough time with God. We don't spend enough time with God. When you spend time with God, what does he do? He replenishes your heart. He fills your tank back up. Psalms 109.4, in return for my love, they act as my accuser. So he's still hurt, he's still angry, but then he says, but I am in prayer. Even though I'm hurt, even though I'm angry, even though they're still gossiping, they're still lying, they're fighting, they're backstabbing me, I'm still in prayer prayer he knows that he must go to God about his anger he knows that he needs supernatural help to overcome this battle and most of the reason why we go from annoyed to frustrated and from frustrated to hostile and from hostile to enraged is because our tanks are on empty and when your tank is on empty you start to turn to unhealthy things to replenish your tank. That's when you turn to junk food and you turn to alcohol and you turn to pornography. You turn to any sin that will temporarily replenish you, but it's just temporary. It won't last. That's not the kind of replenishment that we need. Yes, we need physical replenishment. When we're tired, we need rest. But what we need most of all is spiritual replenishment. We need to be replenished spiritually. Hebrews 14, 6 says, Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You're angry today because you don't have enough grace. How much time did you spend with God last week? Oh, I prayed last week. How many times did you pray? I prayed three times, Brother Brett. Well, two of those times was in church. 
Oh, brother, I pray all the time about this. Mumbling under your breath, Lord, help me, is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting alone, getting away from everybody and everything else, and etching you out some time to spend with God in serious prayer. Until you do that, you're not going to get rid of your anger problem. Number three, return it. Return it. David went on and on and on about how he was wrong and about how he felt. And he just poured his heart out to God. And if you listen very closely in verse 21, you can almost hear David have a sigh of relief as he says these words. But you, O God, the Lord, deal kindly with me for your name's sake, because your loving kindness is good. Deliver me. And at the end, he's like, I've carried this anger long enough. It's time for you to take control. I've went through and told you every reason why I'm upset. But you, oh God, you are in control and it's time for you to take over. Dawn and her brother Jesse did not get along growing up. They were enemies growing up. But as they got into their teenage years, they actually became best friends. Jesse had just got his driver's license and was going through an intersection. Got hit by a drunk driver. In the hospital, Dawn is standing in her brother's hospital room and the doctor looks at her and says, your brother's probably not going to make it. Down the hall is the drunk driver. He's going to be okay. In that hospital room that night, Jesse died. And Don felt this wave of anger. And man, she wanted to run down that hospital room and go into that hospital room and just wanted to just unload on this man and tell him all of these things. But you know what? She carried that anger with her for the rest of her life. Man, she, she took it with her. It went into her marriage. It went into everything that was, that, that was about her. It infiltrated her whole life. She carried it for years. And then one day she stopped at a train. And as she stopped at this train, she gets mad at the train. And she starts going off on this train and she unloads on the train. And then all of a sudden it's like God put her hand on her and said, what are you doing? And she said at that moment, it was like a, a wave of peace came over her. And it was like God was telling her it's okay to let go of the anger. And she let go of that anger. And she said a peace washed over her that she never felt in all of her life. And she said she began to let go and she began to process and, and, and her marriage improved and her relationship with God improved. And in the end, she wrote a letter to the drunk driver. Said, I forgive you. She also said in the letter, I have a love because you are a child of God and I want what's best for you. There are people today that 
do cannot grasp what Don did. See, but when you get the forgiveness of Jesus in your life, amazing things can happen. Maybe some of you are like Don was. She had that anger. What did she do with it? She returned it. She took it to the cross and exchanged it. That anger, if, you're, if, 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 if there's anger that you can't seem to shake, return it to the cross. Exchange it for what he did for you. Did you know that you are a sinner? Did you know that you have broken the law of God? And Jesus has every right to be angry at you. But Romans 5, 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, even though he has every right to be angry at us. Instead, he died for us. And when you receive that love, and you receive that mercy, and you receive that grace from Jesus, it's easy to give that stuff out. And the more love and the more mercy and the more grace you receive from Jesus as you grow as a Christian, the easier it is to give that to other people. Extend it to others. And the less angry you will be, and the less angry you will be, and you're going to look around one day and anger is not going to run your life anymore. And anger is not going to control you. You have, look at me, you have every right to be angry. You have every right to be angry, but Jesus wants you to experience freedom from that. He wants you to experience freedom. But if you're in here today and you don't know that you're a child of God, you can know that. See, we're all sinners. You know what sin does? Sin separates us from God. And the reason why he died for us, he became that sinless sacrifice to wash our sins away, reconcile us to God the Father. And then we become a child of God and he lives inside of us and he grows in us and he does all the things that's in this Bible. And people the world look at a Christian and say, I don't see how you can act like that. Don, look at what he did to your brother. How in the world can you do that? With God, all things are possible. Are you angry today? Let's exchange that anger. Let's leave it at the altar. Take it to the cross and exchange it for grace.